Come on. The time is right. The time is now. Welcome to Lifeblood. Be well and welcome our guest, the strong and powerful Tom King. Welcome, Tom. Strong and powerful. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, George. I appreciate that. I, I really, uh, yeah, I'm grateful for you having me on. Excited to have you on. Tom is the best-selling author of Guy Gone Keto. He's a serial entrepreneur. He is the CEO of Icon Foods, the creator of Staviva Ingredients. Tom was kind enough to send my family some of his delicious, uh, delicious condiments, and they are awesome. So it's not all the time that I get to actually endorse a guest on the show, but I, I can 100% do that. So I'm excited to have you on. Tom, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Um. Wow. Well, my personal life, uh, I love to read science journals. <laughs> I have a dog. I like to hike. I like to fly fish. I like paddleboarding. <clears throat> I live in Portland, Oregon. I like to travel around and, you know, see nature and stuff like that. Um, and I'm always, like, experimenting usually on myself uh, with different types of formulas that I create specifically for, I don't know, health, uh, maximizing performance and stuff like that. So, yeah, sometimes I get sick and sometimes I don't, <laughs> but I'm still, I'm still alive so and, and, and thriving. So I guess that nothing that I've done has killed me yet. Not this far, right? Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, what what is your background that 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 you feel confident to a pick up a scientific journal? I guess anybody can do that, but then to start actually combining stuff and ingesting it. Um. Well, a lot of it is just self taught. Like I, I, my educational background is in marketing and intellectual property law. But about twenty five years ago, I ran into a guy who'd come back from the jungles of Paraguay and he had a variety of different herbs and and uh, remedies that uh, that he brought back and he gave me a jar that had some green paste in it and he's like try this out and I did <laughs> and it was like it that was like the red pill because I was really curious about it it's like it was sweet it was really sweet probably 25 times sweeter than sugar um, but it was bitter and kind of herby tasting and stuff. And I'm like, wow, is it some kind of like new sugar plant or something? And that's when, I mean, I'd always been interested in science, but then when he said, yeah, it doesn't have any sugar in it, it's, it has no calories, no carbs. And I'm like, well, how can it be sweet? That is what, that's, that was the beginning of my quest. Like after that, I was like, well, how can things in nature be sweet, but not contain sugar? And that's, you know, when I went back to school, started researching uh, biology and chemistry and food technology and flash forward, you know, but the food scientist here and I create formulas for new sweetening systems. And then also if we've got customers that are like, hey, we've got 20 grams of sugar in this ice cream, how can we get it to two? So and that's, you know, that's what I immerse myself in now. Nice. And how did you find your way to keto? Well, you know, that's an interesting story, too. I think that I <clears throat> I found myself in a hotel room in Las Vegas. 
and I was there for a trade show and had gone to dinner with um, I'd gone to dinner with some with one of our suppliers and that usually means they're paying and if they're paying I'm eating <laughs> and <laughs> I had I'll like I'll take one of everything but I just like really ate a lot and had some cake and a couple glasses of wine <laughs> and got back up to my room and I'm like just I was staying at the Luxor and the room just smelled like stale booze and like broken dreams and regret. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, this is who I am. I oh, mean, this no. is who I become. So I looked in the mirror and it's like, what is going on? It's like, you are, de- you know, you are selling products to companies that had create paleo products and keto products and low carb products to help people with metabolic disease and now I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, wait, <laughs> you're their customer because you're pretty close to having metabolic disease. So I was like 35 pounds overweight, blood pressure's through the roof, you know. And at that point, then I really started to feel <clears throat> like an imposter in my own in- industry. Like, yeah, I'm selling people stuff, but I'm not really standing behind it with my actions. And I've always been a... Uh, I've always journaled like for some reason journaling has always been a thing that that grounds me the best and I just started journaling about it I started journaling like what is it going to take to to make a lifestyle lifestyle change because diets don't work right I mean like I'd done dieting before so I'd get fat and then I would do um, I'd do Atkins and then I'd lose 20 pounds and I'm like okay but then I'd gain 25 pounds back then I did so it created this yo-yo effect. So, I mean, diets just don't work, and that's when I'm. That's when I was like really looking hard at. Okay, I need to make a lifestyle change. Like I need to, you know, stop drinking beer, stop drinking wine, stop eating sugar, and I really need to take a good look at this. And so, after a year of of a lot of it was just reflection and taking notes and data collection, like just being a beast about data collection, like my weight, my blood pressure and everything else. And then tracking what I was eating after, after about a year, the, all that journaling, it just, it was a book, you know, and I took it to a publisher and I'm like, Hey, do you think you can do anything with this? Can we edit this into a book? And then the book came out and there's nothing like making you walk your talk. Like, releasing a book <laughs> that basically tells <laughs> tells how much of a screw up you were with your diet and now you're trying to do a little bit better and that's that was kind of my that was my journey into keto and then after after that it was just you know like trying to find out more and more and more about you know uh biology how the human you know uh human body works but you know how we metabolize things and it was you know and even like uh you know brain function and then at that point it's like i wanted to try everything like well what if we do it this way or what if i try this let's see what happens so that kind of led me into some biohacking nice about how long was this time frame from that uh from that for lack of a better term come to jesus event meltdown (laughs) rock bottom experience in the luxor hotel (laughs) bottoming out the luxor (laughs) um it was like about a year and a half okay 
Nice. And there was a lot of screw ups along the way. Too. Sure. It's like interesting because, you know, when you are fighting like a food addiction or a dependency, if you will, on on food, you know, if your happiness and whatever, um, you're it, it's interesting how your your head gets in there and kind of works against you. So, you know, and you would rationalize stuff like when I first started, it's like, all right, so I'm going to do keto five days out of the week, mm. you know, and then Saturday and Sunday. I'm just going to blow it out. And that was just ridiculous. Like you can't just be a part-time keto person. Like, you know, at least I can't because I don't have a sense of moderation. You know, it's like put a burger in front of me. It's gone. French fries. Yep. All of it. And so those five days I was being really good, like intermittent fasting and sticking with keto felt great. Then going into the weekend, beer, pizza, whatever. Then by Monday, I'm just right back where I started, you know. And so that's when, you know, I went really sort of hardcore keto and stuck with it for a solid four years. And then noticed that I started gaining weight even if I looked at a carb. And I'm like, what's going on here? And that's when I really discovered that I had sort of metabolic effect inflexibility if you will like my body was no no longer like flexible in the things that that you know that i could eat and metabolize so that's when i started introducing you know a few more carbs but not like pizza and cake and burritos and things like that but you know things like maybe sweet potatoes or quinoa or something like that and just mixing it up a week out of the month and it really helped a lot nice well, I appreciate that. And it, yes, I am not, uh, I, I can't negotiate with the terrorist that is my brain either, especially when it comes to food or alcohol or whatever it might be. I try to talk yep. myself into just five days a week or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I was curious, um, how, how difficult is it to navigate? Um, I don't know if it's the FDA. When, when, when you're saying something is keto, is it as cumbersome as saying something is organic? It's probably more cumbersome, hmm. cumbersome because there, the USDA has standards for organic. There isn't really a standard for keto. Um, there's like I think a couple organizations out there that will certify your product keto, but keto is like one of those things. Like I don't think it's as critical to define keto as it is to define like non-GMO or organic, um, which is a whole other subject we could cover. But sure. um, you know, as far as keto. There, I mean, there's different interpretations of what of really what keto is. It's just putting your body into into ketosis, and you know that would be like maybe a one one to one point five uh, millimoles of uh, of ketones in your blood. So it that's the sciencey end of things, um, but really it's mostly fat. Like your diet's going to be 70% fat, 20% protein, and 10% carbs. But those carbs are like cruciferous carbs, like, you know, things that grow above the ground, broccoli, cauliflower, lettuces, uh, things like that. Got it. And how long did that, like from the idea of, of creating your food products with Icon, um, how, how, how long did that process take before you were actually were selling them? That's interesting. I actually didn't really create those products to sell. So I 
when I started on my keto journey, if you will, I couldn't have ketchup because like regular ketchup has more sugar in it than ice cream. And I couldn't have barbecue sauce because barbecue sauce has more sugar than a Snickers bar. So when you start looking at like condiments, those were those were condiments I couldn't have. Like I couldn't have anything barbecued, you know, with barbecue sauce on it. I couldn't have anything with ketchup. Teriyaki sauce, forget it. Teriyaki sauce, massively high in sugar. Um, Thai sweet chili sauce, even steak sauce. So I just made those actually for myself. It's like I'm gonna use these. And then I shared them with friends and friends are like, you have a food manufacturing business. Why aren't you making these? Um, yeah. And so I made them and started distributing them and the brand just really took off organically and it's been kind of amazing. So I haven't really done anything. I think aside from social media, it's all pretty much direct to consumer on Amazon and Shopify and the, the brand has done amazingly well. So it was kind of a surprise to me. Nice. Serendipity. Is that an yes. example of serendipity? I don't know. Uh, I don't think there was any divine intervention. Maybe there was along the way. I'm like, hmm, did I really think of that? I don't know. <laughs> nice. Well, that's that, that's certainly that's certainly an exciting thing. Um, so as, as it has taken on a life of its own and as people have grabbed a hold of it, uh, keto has, has become more popular. People are more interested in healthy living. It's all these different, this confluence of events, which has caused the, 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 the brand to grow, which is obviously a really, really exciting thing. Have you started to look at, 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 at what's, what's, what's next? I have. I have started to look at what's next, you know, because, I mean, <clears throat> the keto journey is still a journey for me. Like, I don't, you know, it's still... It, it's still there's still a lot of of failure like weaved into my process meaning you know a loss of discipline or you know i eat something that i know i shouldn't eat and so i mean it's it's a daily effort i mean every day is different and it's a daily effort of self-improvement and trying to get a little better and then maybe treating yourself with a little grace and forgiveness when you you know fall off the wagon if you will um but I would say the the next things that I'm really the two things I'm making deep dives into right now um, is longevity. So I'm really you know studying longevity and how you know how we can you know modify our DNA if if you will through through diet and and really a lot more through um, uh, through fasting. You know, like fasting is probably one of the most remarkable things I think that you can do for yourself um, to get yourself back on track. So I'm really looking at a lot of longevity and using some interesting peptides, um, you know, that will help me along the way and taking a lot of data collection like telomere length and, um, you know, just being very uh, deliberate about it. And then I would say my next project that I'm working on is actually uh, using genetically modified yeast to be able to turn like waste products into food. So not waste products like poop, but like waste products like um, glycerol or plant byproducts that are maybe cast away that people are making food out of, but they're not necessarily using that part of the grain or fiber to make food out of. But I want to really get more into uh, more into upcycling and then leveraging 
you know, these genetically modified yeasts that can actually turn something that's otherwise waste product into something useful. Exciting. Well, very cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you. <clears throat> and you're you're speaking a lot of my language. I am uh, a talk. <laughs> Whatever that says about you and I, Tom. But it, 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 I, th- I think that all of this is is 100 percent a daily effort. And you know, oh, I, yeah. I've yet to meet the people that that do have it figured out. And I am really fond of saying that it's so important for us to give ourselves and others grace when we when we make mistakes and screw up because that's just something that we're going to do quite a bit. So I think that that's a really important lesson. And I, I appreciate you sharing some of the stuff you're working on. I wanted to circle back because I didn't realize how much sugar was in ketchup. Um, I, I forget what, if you said it was barbecue sauce or ketchup, but there's more than, than in a Snickers bar and stuff like that. That, yeah. as I'm thinking about that, is pretty shocking. So if I'm somebody who is who is interested in cutting sugar out of my diet, which should be every human being on the planet, how much, like, like what, what, what impact could that have? How much does, how, how much sugar does your ketchup have versus uh, commonly used? Well, my ketchup has zero added sugars. So we used other compounds like we used erythritol, which is, uh, which is made from, uh, you know, fermented, uh, grain extracts. Um, and we also use a product called allulose and allulose is a rare sugar that's also made through fermentation. So between those and, and and the common thread between those two types of sugars that we used is that they're, your body does not burn them or metabolize them as sugar. So it doesn't affect blood sugar levels or doesn't affect, um, your metabolism whatsoever. So it, so it, our label reads zero sugars, zero added sugars. And I think per serving, it's like two or three carbs per serving. So it's dramatically less than real ketchup. I think real ketchup per serving is like 18 grams of sugar and um, amazing, probably 12 grams of carbs just for a teaspoon. So it's pretty carby, mostly because it has so much sugar in it, you know, and they use sugar because it's cheap. You know, it's like 15 cents a pound and it's subsidized. So, you know, put in sugar and salt and a little bit of flavor and you've got ketchup or whatever else you want Let's to call Let's go. It. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. All right. I was going to yeah. say I love it, but I don't love that at all. It's, it, it, it's, it's amazing to me how you can get so much sugar in, 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 in different products. It's like a, a soda is like yeah. 50 grams of sugar. I'm like, how is that even possible? A lot. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. And, you know, what's interesting is that when you look at sugar, you know, sugar is actually a, a molecule that's that – it's it's a disaccharide. So it has, it has two molecules in it. It has um, glucose, you know, which you're, you're – after it moves through your stomach can go right to your bloodstream. So that's like if you're diabetic or something and your glucose is messed up and <clears throat> glucose goes right into your bloodstream. But so it will split a sugar molecule into glucose and then fructose. And so fructose, fructose is the, is the sugar that's pretty evil because it doesn't, your body doesn't metabolize it as energy. So what it does is it actually just converts it to a lipid, which is fat. So your liver converts fructose to fat so to put it in perspective, when you think of bears getting ready to hibernate for the winter, I mean, they go to orchards and they're looking for rotten fruit. So anything that's rotten that's fallen onto the ground, that's fruit or even some vegetables, when they're rotten like that is when they have the highest concentration of fructose. And so when the bears eat it, 
they're not use they're not eating this rotten fruit for for energy they're eating this rotten fruit to convert the fructose over to lipids so they get really fat just before their hibernation so oh, that's the thing that i think a lot of people don't realize like <clears throat> if you were looking at you know two different products if you were looking at a big tall glass of orange juice or like a can of regular coke it's like which is going to have the greater impact on you long term. And from my perspective, if you drink the Coke, you're going to get an initial glucose spike. But if you drink that, if you drink that whole glass of orange juice, that's going to go right to fat, you know, and your, your body only requires four tablespoons of glucose to function. That's it. It's all you need. So anything extra is either going to put you into metabolic disease or is going to increase your blood lipids. So how don't eat sugar. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. How does how does wine fit into that? Oh, that's my weakness. About to ruin everybody's day. <laughs> well, here's the thing with wine. Um because it's fermented, because it's fermented, it's not going to have as high of an impact. Um it's not going to have as high of an impact <clears throat> on your blood sugar levels. It is fructose, but it's conver- that fructose is converted over to ethanol, and so ethanol is actually alcohol. <clears throat> so, is wine keto? Definitely not. Can you drink wine and still be able to maintain keto? Yes, in moderation, in moderation, which means two glasses. And I'm not talking about like, yeah, a fishbowl size <laughs> glass, Tom. Exactly. Yeah, a goblet. <laughs> I'm not talking about that, but a regular like four ounce pour of wine. If you have a couple glasses of that at night, from my perspective, and I'm not a physician, but from my perspective, it's not going to kill you. You'll be able to get right back into keto. But uh, any more than that, it's just going to your body's going to start converting the ethanol to fat, and same with the you know residual fructose that's left in wine. Got it. There it is. Well, I appreciate it, Tom. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they pick up uh, some of some of your delicious condiments? Where can they get a copy of the book? All of it. Um, I would start well on social media. If Guy Gone Keto everywhere on social media. So if you want to reach out to me, if you've got questions about keto, feel free to direct message me. I'm really good about answering every everyone that comes in. If you're looking for our products, you can go to guygonketo.com. Um, you can check, get a book there if you want. You can get uh, any of our condiments uh, or Amazon. Like if you go to Amazon, I think we're definitely on Amazon Prime. So if you love free shipping, uh, just look for Guygon Keto products on Amazon. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Tom your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Find him on social at Guy Gone Keto. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Go to guygoneketo.com and you can buy, uh, pick up a copy of the book there. You can pick up the condiments there or potentially find them on Amazon or Amazon Prime. And again, um, if you are in the mode of wanting to eat healthier, go ahead and look at the label of ketchup and all the condiments in your refrigerator right now, and then take a look at his products, and they taste delicious. So thanks again, Tom. Absolutely. Thanks, George. I appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight, as we are all in this together. <laughs>